For today's episode of Crossfire Faith and Gaming, we're bringing you what was a live broadcast during annual conference of the Mountain Sky Conference in Helena, Montana. It's been edited to make a little bit more sense since there's some things that we talk about that were only valid for that uh, particular week. And also we uh, just edited down some of the things that didn't make sense because it was a live show and uh, now we're turning it into a podcast. So hopefully it is coherent and stay tuned next week. We'll be back with our regular podcast. Uh, But for this week, I hope you enjoy this episode of Crossfire Faith and Gaming, the podcast, and a huge shout out to Lonnie White, who is our Patreon supporter uh, at the $10 a month level. Uh, And a huge shout out to everybody else who supports at the less than $10 a month level. We could not do this show without you. Yeah, so my question is, if you had to tell somebody who had never heard about Crossfire before, uh, what would you tell them? I'm going to step out for a second. John is going to tell you maybe the answer to your the question. What would you tell somebody about Crossfire who had never heard about Crossfire before? And if Russ starts screaming during the chat, the abs are playing. <laughs> what would I tell somebody who had never heard about Crossfire? Um, I would say that it's a community of folks who simply like to gather who are a little bit nerdy and like to be in those sort of fantasy worlds and those spaces. And we talk about how those worlds and our reality and our faith and our spirituality all sort of intersect and combine. Um, I've really enjoyed my time in Crossfire and I have really enjoyed seeing it grow. Um, and I hope to continue to see it grow and I just hope to, yeah, see a lot more of you guys joining us. Is that good? Yeah. Uh, yes! Yes, baby! Alright! We won! We won, Gary! Right. Let's go! Let's go! Woo! Yeah! Let's go! For all the Tampa Bay Three fans games. out there. Uh, Three games! Let's I, go! I apologize if you're from Tampa Bay that you have to hear Russ exciting. Sorry. Over but you, you know, we are, we are Colorado-based ministry, so... Well, and I got, I got, uh, you know, I got the you stuff the, on the stuff. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. Um... Yeah, so I was going to say it's it's great to gather in person. Uh, it's great, you know, even though we're across great distances. I know we're up here in Helena. It took me, gosh, <laughs> what, let's see, five hours, six hours today, eight hours yesterday, 14 hours to drive all the way here so I could be here in person. Um, you know, Russ, what are your thoughts about that, about gathering in person, about gathering not in person? How hard yeah. has it been for you? No, uh, it's fun, especially because, you know, we've made so many friends and met so many people and talked to so many people over the last three years of really ramping up the crossfire stuff even right before COVID happened so it's nice to come together i'm excited there's a lot of people that i want to meet there's a lot of people i want to see i want to talk to a lot of different people as well Um, so you know that's something that i'm excited to to get to be a part of and do and probably the biggest thing and how we're excited as crossfire to get to come up here is we're really starting to ramp up Um, just spreading the word about Crossfire and just becoming a bigger thing. Um, And I think this is one of the first steps. I mean, eventually our goal would be to do these sort of things at multiple annual conferences. Angela, who's one of our members, who's uh, in California, she's talked about, would love to have us around in that area. Um, Her church has actually supported Crossfire as well. So, you know, it's... There's so many awesome, amazing things happening and coming, and this is kind of the first step of what does it look like for Crossfire to go on the road, per se, 
And what does it look like for us to kind of reach out and see, you know, as far as meeting and seeing new people and just spreading the name about Crossfire? Trombone says Crossfire is a compassionate, supportive community of Christians who are also nerds and encouraged to use that nerdiness to build a community and share the love of Jesus as a summary. So there you go. That's pretty good. Nice. Well, I like uh, it. You know, we might just steal that for our mission statement at some point when we need to write a mission statement. Trombone, it's not TM. It's um, not copyrighted. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think Russ and I were talking earlier about the fact that uh, Crossfire really aims to bridge the gaps between us. Um, you know, we started Crossfire. Gosh, I think I started Crossfire. The first idea I had about it was summer of 2017. And at that point, there was absolutely no notion of a pandemic that would separate us, uh, that would make it impossible for us to gather in close personal spaces. Um, but there was still geographical separation. And so I know that for me, it was one of those, you know, I, I was gathering online with friends, uh, doing online gaming, friends from all over the country, friends who I had shared common interests with, friends who I shared the same interests in games with. And I said, you know, if this kind of connection is possible, what if we could take that connection and see it in the church, right? Because this is the thing that, that really got me started with wanting to create Crossfire in the first place was um, I saw the connection with young, especially young people um, who would get together in online spaces around gaming. And yet us young people aren't necessarily present in the church. And I said, I don't think it's necessarily that the church isn't interesting to us, right? Cause there's a lot of young people who are deeply interested in the church and faith yeah. in Christ in trying to live a Christ like life uh, in trying to ask the hard questions of, you know, how do I wrestle with this piece of my faith that may not necessarily match what I've been told or match my identity or match, uh, you know, the theology that I understand as, as the correct theology, uh, we want to engage in those places and those spaces, um, but we don't necessarily want to go and sit in a room where nobody looks like us and listen to 200-year-old hymns if that's not what connects best with us. So um, I'm just glad that Crossfire exists as a place where we can get together across geographic distance. Uh, and then, yeah, like Russ was saying, my hope is that we can do more of these kind of things where we could show up at your annual conference with our little table booth and we could do a live stream like this and just talk to more people. Cause I think, uh, we have more fun when more of us are present in one space. Uh, you know, Christ says wherever two or three are gathered. Uh, but I think it's two or three or five or 20 or a hundred, right? Um, you know, it's more fun with more people. It's more exciting to share the gospel in those places with more people. Um, not that I'm like super evangelistic, um, <laughs> but I do think that, um, sharing the beautiful things that we've created and sharing the beautiful ways in which we gather, uh, is something worth sharing. Yeah. So uh, Trombone said uh, WNC is my home conference now. Um, they're having a D&D uh, event at the conference, which is okay. nice. obvious because Checkpoint is there. Yeah. Um, so Checkpoint Church Plant will also have a video about the D&D session nice. during conference. Nice. Also want to announce, I don't know if we've officially announced, but we can officially announce now, uh, our partnership with the Boulder Spirit Foundation yep. uh, that's helping us to expand and grow our ministry. And so uh, I'm excited about what that makes possible for us here in the Mountain Sky Conference um, to expand and grow our ministry here. So hopefully through yeah. maybe some videos at annual conference in the future, uh, we can share the word like that too. But I'm excited to hear how that goes for Checkpoint. Um, wish Nathan the best. Um, Nathan's a good buddy of ours. And uh, yeah, I'm excited too. Maybe January we should do another one of those uh, collaborative fundraising things with uh, Nathan Definitely. and then with the folks over at uh, Methodist Gaming too. Yeah. That was no. a whole lot of fun. No, definitely. So, 
I platinumed <laughs> I platinumed uh, Horizon Forbidden West last week. Okay. So this isn't a spoiler. Right. But one of the trophies is you have to beat two of the races. On top of that, you also have to hit level 50. Okay. So in the end game, I was at 45. So I had to grind for those last five levels. And the best way they told me to do that was finish the final race of the racing circuit. Oh my gosh, was that thing horrible. Um, the was controls terrible. are not ter- not great. Um, characters would get stuck on each other. Your character oh, no. would all of a sudden stop running, even though I'm pushing the running button. Just the running? So many like a foot race? No, it's uh, on you on a dyna- on a on a robot. On okay. One of the robot on It's okay. the it's the cow mounts. The like bulls. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, it, it's like Mario Kart. You get power ups in the race. Mm. You get speed boosts. Shells at people. You can hit people with your arrow. You can hit people with your... It's it's a cool idea, but it was just not well executed. Mm. Um, so it caused me a lot of problems. And the whole time I'm just thinking, this is the rubber band thing in motion. Because every time I'd get like way ahead, I could just see them all, all of a sudden like really speeding up to get up to me. Um, I hate it. I hate when racing games okay. do that. If I'm really good at a racing game and I get far out ahead, I'm just going to win. Don't make it so that the... The computer gets like an extra boost to make <laughs> right, it like right. fair because you're so good or you're so far ahead. Um, yeah, not a fan of that in games. Yeah, rubber banding is great if you are terrible. Sure, right? if you're just I, absolute trash it, at Mario. Kart. It works in Mario Kart because I think that's kind of the point. Everybody just stays tight. The power ups only matter if you are like somewhat tight knit in, in a pack. Um, and then of course you've got the ultimate equalizer, which is the blue shell. Right. So. Uh, yeah, not a fan of uh, rubber banding. Um, so I think of the bullet as the ultimate equalizer. Uh, that's better because, yeah, bullet. you get from the back to the front mm. or back to close to the front at least. Um, Dave, what, uh, you know, in the last few weeks, what what yeah. have you been playing? What have you been uh, – let's do our – So sure. just so you guys know, on our Discord Monday Night Hangouts, which you're more than welcome to join us, um, we do a kind of what have you been playing this week – what have you been watching? Just kind of doing recommendations. We can have little chats about it. Um, so, Dave, what have you been playing slash watching in the last week? Yeah. Um, so I played a lot of Jedi Fallen Order, uh, especially with the thing that made me want to get back into that was watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, yeah. Realizing that that's in the same timeline between movie three and four. We're in the timeline of like 66. So I knew that we were in that post uh, order 66 timeline. And, you know, I was curious if there was any crossover, you know, the Inquisitors kind of thing, uh, wondering if we see any of the same characters that are in uh, Jedi Fallen Order that are in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and, yeah, just generally being in, like, a good Star Wars mood, that helped me to get back into it. Uh, that, and then I've tried to beat uh, Half-Life Alex in on my Oculus, uh, or I guess the Meta Quest is what it's called now, uh, through Valve Steam VR. And uh, I've gotten to a point where I am kind of stuck in this one spot where I don't have enough ammo to get through, and I'm just I'm having a hard time. So that's what I've been playing mostly. Um, trying to think of anything else. Oh, I did go back and I finally got almost all A's on my Maverick. Oh, um, on the Maverick. You did demos. the Maverick missions. Yep, on the Maverick missions, I finally got a I got a B on the aircraft carrier landing, which I was very happy about because like that was insane. I got an A on all of the canyon runs, and then I did finish my cross-country uh, supersonic or hypersonic flight mission, where you take about 45 minutes to fly from the West Coast, and you land in Florida. So, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Russ, what about you? Uh, like I said, uh, Horizon. 
Uh, I also started up uh, a new release from this past week, uh, The Quarry. Um, oh, that's right. That's which is, that. Yeah, which is, uh, oh, first time. Oh, it's my wife. It's my oh, wife. well, hey, First hey, time Angie. viewer, Angie hey, Gornish, one, two, three. Thanks for subscribing. No, um, she just she just chatted. You can follow us. That would help us. You know, feel free to hit the follow button. Which is a good reminder. If you've got that Amazon Prime subscription, you can go in and you I'm can pretty subscribe sure. okay. with and your Amazon Prime. Costs you nothing. Gives well, we us two dollars and fifty cents. Sorry, Amazon Prime for this. All right, well, I don't know. Um, she's got a different account. So the quarry, uh, fun, awesome. You know, if you're into just storytelling and kind of like the interactive movies, that's what those games are. Um, there is very little actual gameplay of moving around. A um, little bit of a mystery kind of puzzle solver too to it, um, because technically all your characters can be killed. Um, so you have to answer questions a certain way. Um, solve puzzles a certain way, make certain decisions, all, all that type of thing. Um, yeah, you were saying it was a lot like Detroit uh, Become yes. Human, like the yes. Quantic Dream games. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Quantic Dream started that. Um, super massive games that made Until Dawn. That was their first game that did that. Okay. Amazing game. So much fun playing Until Dawn. Very good cast. They, they spent all the money on the cast. Uh, and um, this one is their new game uh, about some camp counselors. So it's the old, you know, horror trope. Uh, and they are fighting, I don't know yet, some kind of monsters. So we don't know what it is yet in the game. Um, that's where I'm at with the quarry. Um, I believe there was one other thing that I was playing and messing around with. Um, looking forward, though, you know what comes out next week? What's that? Uh, Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, okay. Old school, going back to the original side-scrolling beat-em-ups. Yeah. And it's coming to Game Pass. And is that, are, are we going to be able to play like co op online, four player four online? Five, actually, no, five player co op. Five co-op. players? Okay. Yeah. Because so you who, can play. You pl- I was like, you know, there's the four turtles. turtles. And then uh, are you sp- like your Splinter? April and okay. Casey Jones. Okay, gotcha. So, uh, yeah, as far as shows this week, uh, let's see. Um, I, I did watch uh, Obi Wan today on my lunch. Oh, okay. I didn't watch today's episode. I watched episode the new yet. episode. Okay. Um, very interesting uh, turn of no events. Spoilers here, uh, no I'm, spoilers. No spoilers. I'm just, waiting. Just very interesting. Go watch it. Um, also, uh, what else are we watching? We finished Stranger Things last week, uh, oh, season four. We're okay. ready for the the finale coming out. We're still we're still trying weeks. to get we we haven't been together to watch Stranger Things. My wife and I are trying to watch it. I think I mentioned on the on the Discord. We're trying to get that done uh, so my son can see it. You know if it's appropriate or not. Ah, uh, season four is pretty rough. I will yeah, say that to everybody at home. Uh, watch it first, but there, it, it, it um, me and my wife weren't able to look at the screen during like a few scenes mm. because of how bad it is. Okay. Um, we had to avert our own eyes so wow. that I can kind of tell you where we're okay. at. Uh, Anything there, you would compare it to? Like, I mean, any... I mean... Your horror movies where it's like, you know, okay. people are demon-possessed and certain things happen to them while they're doing that. Okay. You know, your exorcist and uh, okay. things like that. Hmm. Some of that happens in season four of uh, Stranger Things. If anybody has watched Stranger Things season four in the chat and wants to uh, attest to that, uh, please let me know. Um other than that, uh, Miss Marvel last week, mm-hmm. first episode, That's which right. yeah. second episode today. So I will be going yeah. to my hotel tonight 
and watching that second episode because I'm super excited about that. Have you guys watched? We have not watched any, okay. uh, but I'm very excited about it. That so one is on my list. Yep. Um, and I'll probably start watching that before I even go back and watch Moon Knight, which I know you said was amazing. Yeah. Watch Moon that. Knight's a good so. one to watch. That one's the one you, um, but Miss Marvel, I would say even your, I bet your daughter would like to watch Miss Marvel. Okay. Okay. Good family um, fun. Yes. Very, very family friendly. That was the whole point. I, you know what I get for it? And this is our generation. What's that? We'll see if anybody at home. Um, I get uh, Lizzie McGuire vibes. Okay. So it's kind of that team, teen comedy drama okay. um, with the animation mixed in. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Because I was very interested in the art style. Yep. Uh, when I saw that online, the first trailer for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a great show. It's one of Marvel's best, I think, TV shows, period. Nice. And most people are saying that. Um, it's just very lighthearted, fun appreciative i also love the representation in the show mm. um you know the the main character in our family they are muslim they they talk about it they show that they're from pakistan um so it's like you know kind of a really cool way of uh you know introducing a little bit more um you know different things into the marvel universe right well i do think that's i mean representation is huge in so many different ways there was some show that we watched and i was so impressed at how uh, from a global, from kind of a geodiversity standpoint, uh, the representation in that show. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, so many other shows, I'm always just impressed whenever you get a show. Uh, you know, huge shout out right now. I love um, Disney putting out their kind of pride collection. Um, mm -hmm. They put out a whole collection that was specifically like, you know, representation uh, first type of shows. So, yeah, and that's the thing we've always talked about here at Crossfire, too. Um, I love seeing games that include a variety of characters that oh. represent the diversity in the world. Um, everywhere from, you know, a, a while back we talked with uh, Jason Fo Justin Fox, mm -hmm. uh, who made Black Simulator, kind of a, yep. an experience of what it was like to be a black person uh, just navigating a day. And uh, all the way from that to talking about, uh, you know, black uh, characters in games and kind of black protagonists in games. Uh, and then all the way to, you know, LGBTQ folks, uh, where we see in like The Last of Us Part Two got a lot of uh, flack from people in the reviews. Um, but I thought the way that they navigated that whole thing was beautiful, um, which I always just have to I have to say, even for the most aggressively anti-LGBTQ people out there, like, so you're okay with like zombies who were infected by a fungus in this post-apocalyptic world, but like you can't fathom two women having a relationship. Anyway, I don't well, know. Totally, it, totally wild, crazy, but it's it's the idea, and I've heard this with so many people. It's like, oh, companies are just shoehorning it in just to you know check that box. But like The Last of Us, one, they've been doing a lot longer than that right. because you know there were some undertones in the original one. Then obviously we got the Left Behind DLC, which then officially confirmed about Ellie's sexual orientation. And then, obviously, Last of Us 2, she is much older. So, as an older person, she is going to be experiencing relationships and all that. And so, of course, it's going to be a part of a game. Right. Where, Shocking spoiler alert. Yeah. People have relationships. There you go. So, uh, which does, you know, bring me to um, how excited are you for The Last of Us remake, part one? Um, coming out in September. Okay, so you remember a minute ago when you were screaming because the abs <laughs> won? Um, that was my reaction when I saw the Last of Us remake. Um, I think, you know, it's gotten a lot of flack online because people are saying, does this actually warrant a remake? You know, the original wasn't that long ago. The graphics weren't bad, right? It's not like you're taking a game that was almost unplayable and then giving it a remake where it's now, you know, or like a 20-year-old game 
Yep. Let's say like some of the Final Fantasy games or uh, Resident Evil games. The Resident Evil, yeah. Right? Like Resident Evil huge. 3 and got two. a remake, yep. right? And 2. two. When did Resident Evil 2 come out? Uh, the original? Yeah. You're, I'm, looking I'm ask late, you're looking late 90s, early 2000s. When did, let's see. When did the original Resident Evil 2 game come out? Let's see who's better. Here's an answer from Wikipedia. 1998. Okay, okay, so 1998 to 2019. So we're talking 20 years versus when did The Last of Us come out? 2013. I found this on the web. 2014. Oh, I was close. So 2014. So I mean, a little different. You're talking about a game that was made eight years ago. Getting its second remake, right? Because when did The Last of Us Remastered come uh, out? Remaster was, um, it was right when the PlayStation 4 came out, yeah. which was like a year later, like 2015, 2016. Right. So it already got remastered in 2015. Then you're talking six years, seven years later, it gets remade again. So I get why people are saying this is not warranting a remake, but I think for me, I'm a graphics snob, right? I love games with amazing <laughs> graphics. So I still have not played Resident, not Resident. Uh, I still have not played Red Dead uh, Redemption 1 mm. because I feel like it's so far back in graphics that it wouldn't surprise me if they did a remake at some point and I could I could play it with more modern graphics. Yeah. So I feel like the Resident, the, gosh, I'm all over the place today. Last uh, I feel like The Last of Us Part 1 remake makes the game so much more accessible. I think about people like my son, right? My son's back there. He's almost 13 years old. He has not played The Last of Us. I will not let him play The Last of Us <laughs> for so many reasons. If you've played The Last of Us, you totally understand. Um, but, you know, <laughs> five, six years from now, I would love for him to play The Last of Us. And would it be better for him to have the remake available to play it on really good graphics on the PS5 or the remake of the remake on the PS6 whenever it comes out or PS5 Pro, you know? Uh, I would love for him to experience that game in the best graphics possible. Second and last thing I'll say about this is controls. The Last of Us controls were rough at best. That's the big one. So if they could improve that and bring you the game with better controls... Hands down, I'm all in. What did What did you think? Well, when you saw the Last of Us remake, because I've heard some people who have like in the again similar to like your son, people who are coming into their own in gaming, they have gone back because they're like, I hear this game is a masterpiece, so they have like found a way to pick it up, tried it out, and they're like, I mean, it's okay, but it's really clunky. It feels weird. Um, it looks kind of weird. I ran into some glitches. Um, things like that, It's it hasn't aged, it's aged well because the story is just amazing. But the gameplay itself, and that was honestly some of the biggest complaints I heard from people who are like, PlayStation's the worst, you know, or Xbox, or a PC gamer only. Their big comeback is, well, The Last of Us is just kind of a movie that you play. Mm. Like, there's no gameplay really to it. It's linear, it tells you exactly where to go, it... it you know, there's not too much delineation from that. But it's not as bad as something like Life is Strange. No, exactly. And Life that, is Strange was almost like... movie, yes. Like, you get to these, like, 30-minute cutscenes, and you're yes. like, well, there's this, like, 30-minute so, But that's scene. what they call, you know, more of an interactive sure. game. I will say Naughty Dog in the last, you know, number of years, they've really tried to say, we're still going to make those type of games, but we're also going to make them more of a gameplay-style game. And they did that with Uncharted 4 when they started opening up large areas where you had to accomplish multiple things in a large area. Right. They still pushed you in the direction they wanted you to go. And then The Last of Us Part 2 did that even better 
by having those huge open areas. And what was so great about it was you could tackle the enemies any way you wanted. You right. wanted to sneak by all of them? Go for it. You wanted to set up some traps? Go for it. If you go watch videos of The Last of Us Part Two, um, people's gameplays still to this day, they're finding animations and things mm -hmm. that people never know you could do with the character. Right. Uh, and they're just unbelievable. They're still finding things. So if we take that level of, you know, openness, that level of, uh, of animations and the ability to kind of go at things in a different way and you bring it to The Last of Us Part 1, I think it's going to make it a much better game for people to enjoy. You know, graphics aside, it's going to look mm -hmm. amazing. We've seen some of the side-by-side -side clips and it does. Right. Yeah, um, the clips of Tess or the clips of the uh, clickers. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Neil Druckmann in his interview... Um, with uh, Jeff Keeley actually said, and he, he revealed to Troy Baker and uh, Ashley Johnson at the same time, he said, we actually went back and got all of the motion capture from that game and we like redid wow. it and re-put it in there so that it refreshes and it is more accurate okay. to the motion so really capture a, they got. Really a like motion capture remake. That's fascinating. And, and that's okay. why Tess is the one that I sent you, yeah. that, that it's available online. They have a side-by-side -side of Tess and her sigh that she gives um, to Joel. It looks night and day, the animations, how she sighs. It looks like a sigh, whereas the PS3 right. one looks off. Um, right. so yeah, they're talking about a, just a lot more natural feel mm -hmm. to all the animation. Yep. Um, but and, and I think, too, with games like that, um, some of it's about just removing obstacles, right? If there are times in any game where you become aware of the animation, aware of the you know, mm -hmm. motion capture, aware of the dialogue, aware of the sound effects, anytime that you get taken out of your element, uh, where you're thinking about the game. Oh, some gaming news. Um, of course, at the Xbox event, we did get the news of some uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator DLC. I saw no. I saw that there was DLC. Was it the, the Pelican the Halo? Dropship from Halo? Yeah. Which, by the way, is extremely difficult to fly. People okay. were not able to figure it out because it has a hover mode and okay. then a propelling, like whatever okay. that's called, mode. Maybe they're trying that so they can put in like an F thirty five or a. That'd be cool. You know, love to cool fly an F thirty five or a Harrier jump jet or um, you know, any of those things. Of course. We have Starfield, or what lots of people are calling. Which Russ is so excited about that he's yawning. No Man's over here. Sky. Yeah, I will 2. say 0. it definitely, it, I mean, it, it had No Man's Sky, but better vibes. Um, I think maybe for people who love No Man's Sky and want more of the same or never played it and want to play something like it, maybe it'll be better. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. The, the other news that came out about it, too, um, he. Uh, Howard, uh, Todd Howard came out and said that Starfield uh, is not going to have seamless transition between planet and space. So similar to how No Man's Sky, you fly out of the planet and then enter space. Yeah, but that's a seamless transition. Like in No Man's Sky, you I know. like they're not going to do that in Starfield. So you're going to like launch and then you're going to have a loading screen. Uh, I guess we don't know. He didn't like specify. Well, um, I'm disappointed. Let me go look for the article and uh, we will uh, we will tell you exactly. Yeah, and and I know the one article that I was looking at about Starfield was saying that uh, Starfield was very exciting that it was going to have a thousand unique planets. To which everybody asked, well, if you've got a thousand unique planets. How populated is each of those thousand planets? 
I'm hopeful that maybe because it's been, I don't know, five years since we heard something about Starfield and it seems like it's taking forever to come out. Maybe it's because they're working so much on making each planet amazing. Uh, I'm not optimistic, though. I think it's going to be like No Man's Sky where you go, well, look, this planet's green. That one was blue. <laughs> and this one has tall plants and that one's plants were short. Uh, so and that was, you know, maybe a, that's it. A couple details that came out. The story is going to be 30 to 40 hours. Okay. So it's got story. That's, that's Fallout. Um, there are four main cities. Okay. Four. Uh, while it has over a thousand planets, Howard confirmed there are only four main cities. The biggest of which is New Atlas, uh, New Atlantis, the home of the main constellation factor, which Howard describes as NASA meets Indiana Jones meets the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay. That's a little strange. Although I do say uh, that I think, I think part of me is biased uh, that I want to really see this game prove itself uh, because I was so excited. I think I've talked before. I went to E3 in 2018 and I went through the Fallout experience. I got a Fallout Vault Boy mask. I got a Fallout Nuka-Cola Quantum I was thrilled for Fallout 76 and Fallout 76 became the laughing stock of the gaming industry for a couple of <laughs> years. Um, almost as bad as cyberpunk. Uh, so I am just not going to put my eggs in this basket until Starfield proves itself. I hope it does. Um, I wish them well, but uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see. Uh, Definitely not pre-ordering. The, Put it that way. The, well, you should never pre-order. Don't do it. It's on Game Pass, so you don't have to well, pre-order. Well, I have already pre-ordered Game Pass, <laughs> which, I mean, you know, could bring us to the point of, we talked about Game Pass. PlayStation just recently came out with their new yep. PlayStation Plus, uh, which is now kind of like the Game Pass uh, for PlayStation. A little bit more access to older games, a little bit more access to a larger variety of a library of games. Um, so I'm curious out there, how many people subscribe to Game Pass? How many people subscribe to PlayStation Plus? And, uh, you know, just wondering, what are your thoughts on all that? So here's the quote that I got um, online. Uh, we're going to get it from Eurogamer. So it says, However, when asked whether players can seamlessly fly seamlessly to space, Howard said the feature is really just not that important to the player. To justify the engineering required, hmm. people have asked, "Can you fly the ship straight down? Fly the ship straight down to the planet?" No. We decided early in the project that the on surface is one reality, and then when you're in space, it's another reality. Hmm. The comments are interesting, with so many comparisons made between Starfield and No Man's Sky. Howard also described the ship combat in Starfield, influenced by FTL and Mech Warrior. What's FTL? I have no idea. It just says FTL. <laughs> There's been a lot of space sims that we're fans of and space shooters from the 90s, uh, but the Starfield team wanted it to feel like something unique. So uh, no seamless travel. Not sure uh, how that is going to I mean, Maybe it's amazing. Maybe it's going to be great. Maybe it's not going to be that important to the players. But um, I think when you've got games like No Man's Sky that are doing it and doing it well, um, for a game company to go, well, I just, you know, we just don't know how to do that. Right, it's kind of like Cyberpunk coming out with their game and saying, well, we just can't figure out how to make this big, vast, open-world engine uh, where all of these things have tons of detail. And then a few years later, Ultimate Engine 5, Unreal Engine 5, UE5 comes out, and they go, we could have done this. So, 
Yeah, I think anytime a game tries to give excuses for something they didn't do that another game does really well, it just feels like excuses. So more than anything, just uh, keep praying for us. Pray for the ministry. Pray for us to get the word out about Crossfire. And uh, if you want to help us do that, you can get a shirt or a hat. And as always, we've got a Patreon that you can subscribe to for as little as, I think, $3 a month. Uh, $10 a month gets you a shout out on the podcast. So this would be one of those points where we would say on the podcast or on the live stream, hey, quick shout out to so-and-so who is our $10 a month subscriber. Uh, So that's it. Just $10 a month. And you could have the first subscriber shout out for our $10 a month tier. We've got a lot of $5 a month folks. Uh, huge thanks to all of them for helping sustain us. Uh, you know, $5 a month helps with, you know, tank of gas helps with uh, travel to these conferences. It helps print business cards and, and get our merch printed. And our hope is to really build those partnerships with local churches too, uh, which I would throw out there. If you've got a church that you think, Hey, this church has a foundation. They want to support ministries like this. Uh, let us know. Let them know. Let them know how they can support Crossfire Faith and Gaming, uh, bringing the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ across the interwebs to folks like you who enjoy gaming and faith and all of those things together.